Welcome to Chromecast. Tech it out. Hosted by service-centric, people-first, UK technology consultancy, Chrome Technologies. Welcome to Chromecast. Tech it out. I'm Sam Major, Commercial Director of Chrome Technologies. I'm joined once again by Ben Randall, Technical Director, to talk about password management, best practices, and insurance and security inside your organisation. Welcome, Welcome, Ben. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me. So we're here today to talk about everything passwords, and let's be honest, everything we do, personal work requires some sort of uh, password validation, and there's all sorts of tools and best practices to protect our data. It's constantly evolving, but if we can briefly, and difficult with you and I, I know, but briefly discuss the risks that are involved, why is it important, especially to our clients, that they have strong password management measures in place? Well... The main risk to business or to an individual having your data compromised. What the attackers are doing is um, they can have, if they gain access to your password, they can gain access to your data. And that, from that, they can either exfiltrate your data and sell that on the, on the dark web for profit, mm-hmm. or they can uh, encrypt your data, preventing you to have access to it and demand a ransom for its return or for a, encryption keys to get it returned. Yeah. I mean, and that's becoming more and more common. Obviously, you see the the large ones in the press, the Adobe, the British Airways, you know, to name but a few, but it's it's not just the large organisations that, that, that are a threat. I know personally we've seen it in small organisations as well. They've been breached, ransomware, etc. It's a costly thing to get out of or it's costly to have to give up the fact you no longer have access to your data. You know, it's a big problem. And actually there's some pretty big stats that I, I can't be rim off the top of my head, Ben, so I actually wrote them down, so I'm going to cheat. But, you know, Records compromised in 2020 exceeded 37 billion, which was a 141% increase on the previous year, which is astronomical, but it shows you there's clearly a market for this. The scariest that, I guess, is that 80% of these breaches were a direct result of weak passwords. See, there's several different layers um, of the security tool set, uh, and whilst we could talk about all of them, but today we're focusing on, on password security, so with that level of, of, of data breaches um, that we're specifically seeing now, I mean, 141% increase is, is incredible. And being, I guess, particularly related to weak passwords, how can organisations enforce stronger password measures? Yeah. So indeed, having a stronger set, a comprehensive set of tools and policies in place uh, to protect your systems is critical. But uh, unfortunately, if people are not following good password practices, uh, they're, they're or educated on making the right choices, then um, you're leaving your systems open to attack. There are a few recommendations made to clients. There's firstly to invest in password management tools. Um, there are a few on the market, like we're looking at LastPass, KeyPass. Um, they enable your users to save passwords and not have to memorize every single one. Uh, this can improve the password hygiene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come into that a little bit later. But um, our recommendation this would be Psychotic Secret Server. Uh, this is a full password management tool where we can control access to shared passwords so that uh, members of the team can use those passwords without actually necessarily knowing what they are. We can control that via Active Directory and other tools. Um, it also enables you to uh, create complex passwords which um, are not easily remembered, but in that situation where no person has to actually remember it, that's probably the best way forward so to have um you can follow the basic rules of improved passwords, which are harder to brute force uh, or, or guess. 
Okay. And actually, just talking about it and to throw this into a loop and go completely off script. Um, but, you know, having, if you have a team that, that can be transient, you have admins that come and go. I guess it's a lot more secure to have a system like that than actually giving people, new people, the keys to the kingdom when you don't necessarily know or trust that employers yet. Absolutely. I mean, and there are certain passwords which are a pain to change, mm. um, which may be used by multiple users. So a, a single member of the team changes and you have to change all those passwords. Yeah. If none of those people necessarily actually know what the password is and it's only known by the trusted few, yeah. then that's fine. And let's say you get a disgruntled employee, they can actually do no damage, et cetera, et cetera. That's the idea, yeah, yes. No, it makes sense. So you mentioned about complex passwords there now. I know yeah. specifically we used to have a vendor manager whose password was legitimately password one and then they forced a courtly password change it became password two uh, and then three four and, and so on and so forth right so absolutely. that clearly doesn't constitute uh, a secure password but my understanding uh, you know from from being around intelligent people like yourself is actually it the, the more the longer the password actually the the less chance is of, of being crackable right so yeah. i guess is that the case and in your opinion what constitutes that kind of strong password yeah absolutely a, a long password is good um, at least 12 characters these days you know mm -hmm. a, a a short uh, eight character password is is quite easily guessable even if it's random characters so guess um, but that's i'm assuming with the software utility that will just sit there and absolutely yeah. yes we're, we're, we're talking about um com not just a single computer entire um botnets yeah. trying to calculate and, and guessing at passwords and, and it goes from oh, 30 minutes for an eight character to something like a trillion years for a 16 character mm -hmm. so some high number a very high number yeah, anyway, lo yeah long enough to be safe right i think yes, a trillion yes. years was yeah probably sufficient absolutely <laughs> so so a long password that isn't a dictionary word okay. um and doesn't follow an easy pattern of substitutions so like zeros for o's and things like that because they will be in dictionary known dictionary yeah. lists which are used um so you know our, our recommendation of the, the national security center also have a recommendation about making a password if you have to remember it may make it a three four five words mm -hmm. which you can remember which are not necessarily related not just a sentence okay um and then you can add some extra complexity <clears throat> like some capital letters yeah. um some some cat some punctuation marks that sort of thing yeah, i know someone that used to actually when they had to change a password they looked at from right to left what was on their desk and it would be like phone pad nail file monitor type thing Indeed. one way of doing it because it saves you as we've all seen unfortunately people that have the post-it note of password <laughs> stuck favorite yeah not 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 ideal yeah yeah absolutely the other the other thing to consider is is you don't use your personal details pet names date of birth things yeah. like that that sort of information is essentially easy to find online, especially with social media, that sort of thing. Yeah, it gives it away. Yeah, don't recycle passwords. So, for example, if you your Facebook account uses a given password and you use that on your banking and you use that on your LinkedIn and, and everywhere else, um, if Facebook has a breach and your password leaks out that combination, then all those other sites are breached as well. Yeah. It's, it's um, you know, unique passwords... You, you should always use a unique password for every every application. Okay. And and this is where the password manager becomes useful because the chances are you're not going to remember all those passwords unless you use them very frequently. Yeah. And so using the password manager means you don't have to keep up with remembering all that yourself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I know and I'm guilty of that in certain for certain things myself, not for 
banking and whatnot, but I'll be honest with my social media password, if you knew one, you're into them all. So something I should definitely do myself and practicing what we preach. So just mentioned there around, obviously, passwords and, and, and how easy the short ones are to crack and how complex it can be, but the fact that people are using things like bot networks mm-hmm. um, to, to, to brute force their way into the systems. Can you explain, and I think you're very keen on the word hackers, but you know, how do hackers, uh, you know, how, do, how do they do that? Yeah, well, there's, there's basically we're looking at brute force, part, uh, brute force attack is involving a computer just guessing multiples of password, to do password one, password two, password three, and continue adding characters all the way through. There's also dictionary attacks where it's got a huge list of known passwords so these breaches from from well-known websites which which have been publicized um, those databases of millions of passwords will automatically be guessed in all those those you know because there are very common passwords even though you might think it's not common it's actually very commonly used Um, they will be guessed at for a start Um, and then you have things like um, credential stuffing where you have multiple different machines uh doing those, trying those attacks from, from different IP addresses. So in other words, you could have a rate-controlled uh, website which will say, I'll three guesses at a password from this IP address. Mm-hmm. The fourth one will get blocked anyway, but they will randomise that attack. Uh, okay. So so they, they increasing wow. their ability to get the number of guesses they get for an account before yeah. it locks out. I mean, that's uh, scary. Mm, indeed. It, it's, it, you know... A, yeah, using the power of multiple computers, it yeah. means it, it really multiplies the the, the, the power like they can put into a billion that. burglars trying to get into your house versus one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. What we haven't covered is is, and I know this has changed recently, uh, and, and internally, I've seen a change the way we do it. Is is the the cadence of how often we should change those passwords? That you know, you used to get the reminder saying it's expiring in X amount of days. Mm-hmm. Please change it. I know recommendations have changed, government recommendations, Cyber Central Plus recommendations, etc. What is our belief, uh, and or, or Cyber Central's, etc., and the mm. differences as to how often we should be amending those passwords? Yeah, indeed. Um, again, the National Security Centre have, have say that regular password changes is are, are a thing which haven't stood the t- test of time. Mm. Um, if you ask users to change their password every week, what's going to happen? Can, they're, they're not going to remember the that they're going to there get the post <laughs> so, so basically what you do is you ensure that the user, users are uh, using a unique password for each thing, so they're not reusing the password everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice, long, secure password that they can remember so they don't need to write it down. Yeah, and, or get it reset every five minutes by IT. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and that means that they, they're able to remember it. They, so you can you don't have to enforce those password changes. It, it, it encourages good practice with, with those passwords which they're using. Okay. Obviously, having said that, if there is a known compromise of a password, it should of be course. changed immediately. Yeah. And... When account when someone leaves the company, for example, their account should be disabled. I mean, these are all basic good practice anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so outside the, the 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 password best practice recommendations, there are of course additional ways that organisations can layer on credential security. Um, I'm thinking of two-factor authentication, multi-factor authentication solutions. Can you talk through? The, I guess the options available there, um, and I guess 
what our recommendations are as a business that we take out to our customers. Mm. Yeah, indeed, uh, multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication, as it's commonly used to be called, um, is is a really valuable tool. Uh, basically, it means that you've got something you know, your password, and something that you have. So, be your your multi-factor application, you know, your mobile phone with yeah. running the MFA application, or your phone which receives an SMS message. And we've all had that with our banking course, receiver yeah. code. Um, so, if someone has your your username and password and they try and log in they won't have that other device so they don't have that ability and also we have um smart tokens like the the UV key type device type token devices that you plug in or the 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 uh time-based code generation which is another feature where you can have that on your phone where you you type in a code that is only valid for 30 seconds in addition to username and password so obviously there's a few options there and you know, you are right, I'm sure everyone I've had it, everyone watching will have had the using your phone, your thumbprint, your face, your your passcodes, etc. Yes. etc. Et um but what do we recommend as an organization? Um or I guess does that depend on the kind of size and, and, and type of organization? Yeah, I, I think it's probably around the situation where you're likely to be using it. I mean, for example, um if you're using an SMS or, or application-based uh, two-factor where the device has to have a mobile phone signal to be able to receive the, the signal and, and you're likely to be using it, the person who's going to use it yeah. isn't somewhere where there's going to be any signal, it's not <laughs> going to work very well. So in that case, uh, the, the time-based um, the, the time-based code which is generated or the, the, the actual physical key that would probably be better. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, depending on the solution, it may be possible that you have you know, the preferences, the app where you, you signal, yes, okay, let me in, but then you have the fallback. So, so that doesn't work, it goes to the next. So we have multiple ways of using it, of leverage, you know, with you. applications so, such as Microsoft MFA yeah. actually provide that in many cases for Office so 365. Different options you can use from MFA's product? Yes. Okay. So I guess you know we're looking at different the different types of customers we have. As we know, we've got some people that are out in the jungle, in the desert, etc. And actual signal to SMS would be impossible. Yeah. Uh, people in London, that's not so much of a problem. So I guess that's the just assessing where they are and what's the best recommendation yeah. to make at any given time. Absolutely. Okay. So I mean that, that's, that's again interesting. Um, there are a few things organisations will need to consider. So. Uh, Outside of technology and, and, and tools, the critical factor in this is, as always, is the human element. Uh, mm. And we've recently done uh, a podcast on <clears throat> on, on fishing, uh, you know, and, and trying to educate people on how to recognise fishing attacks. Um, and, and obviously, you know, we talk about the breaches here being predominantly the, the human element, etc. Same with fishing. Uh, the stats and that are quite shocking. Um, but you know, it seems to me that education, mm. education is the most relevant piece here. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, the people people are always the, the, the <laughs> best <laughs> resource. The yeah, we, are, we are the problem <laughs> in the technology environment. But yes, uh, yes so education of your users to, to, to spot a suspicious email, sometimes they're very convincing. Mm. Um, it's just to be on your guard as to anything that's unexpected. You know, why would I need to put my, my credentials in here? Yeah. You know, we all receive them all the time in our spam filter. You've only got to look through to see examples of it. It's, yeah. I'd be surprised if anybody doesn't get them. No, not in this day and age. No. But again, like you say, it's just to spot them. Uh, and the same with any type of access. 
it's the education of the humans to make sure that they are undertaking mm. correct behaviours. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, uh, testing of your users could be very telling, actually, running a campaign where you, where you do a false phishing campaign and you see the results of that. I mean, we, we run them internally, yep. let's face it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I know plenty of other places that do too, with yeah. varying results. And we've run them for a number of people now, and it's always an interesting. It's always interesting to run them, then educate yeah. people, then run them yeah. again. And then see what impact it has, or yes. in some cases hasn't had. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so look, lots of good content there today. Mm-hmm. Lots of informative stuff. Um, but if we you know, to kind of wrap up and take that last piece of information from your brain, if there was one thing that you, know, you would recommend to our audience that they should take away from this, or consider, or change, or you know, do something to impact, what would it be? Um, I think it'd be around um, educating your users. Um, making sure there's policies in place to enforce um, longer passwords, mm-hmm. um, making the users aware they mustn't uh, reuse passwords, educating the users the dangers of phishing emails, yeah. and you know as 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 things develop and, and just just how bad things are if you if your password gets out. Yeah, uh, and let's be honest, this is going to get no easier. You know, the, mm-hmm. the technology to to tempt people and to trick people and to crunch these passwords and take it will only get better and better and stronger mm. um, you know it's been hopefully very interesting I certainly <laughs> found it interesting um, and I think there's a common assumption uh, that people think it won't happen to them and unfortunately you, know, you and I all too often uh, are having those phone calls with people where it has happened so you know people need to take this seriously need to be thinking about that that length of password the security tools like Thycotic which can really help bolt down some of these problems of you know, staff rotation or, or, or staff that have got an axe to grind or whatever it might be. Um, so, you know, I totally agree. Have the right tools, layers of protection in place, but that education piece is probably the strongest takeaway that people yeah. really should focus on. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Chromecast. Take it out. If there's anything you'd like to cover in future episodes, then please remember to comment below and we'll take that on board. Like, comment, share, and please subscribe and join us again next time on Chromecast. Take it out. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. For more information or to speak to Chrome, visit www.chrome.co.uk. Spelled K-R-O-M-E. That's chrome.co.uk.